the incomparable Mr. John E. Leonard <laughs> on the trumpet with the Vance Memorial Presbyterian Church Chancel Choir under the direction of Mrs. Debbie Brighton. We turn today, this is Christ the King Sunday, the last Sunday of this lectionary year. We'll move now from Mark into Luke starting next week. But before we get there, we have to talk about Christ our King. A title we have been making our way to all along. And now we have finally arrived. We turn first to an example of perhaps one of the greatest biblical kings, David. In 2 Samuel, the 23rd chapter, the 2nd through the 7th verses, we hear this oracle of David talking about his last words as king. And he says, The Spirit of the Lord speaks through me. His word is upon my tongue. The God of Israel has spoken. The rock of Israel has said to me, one who rules over people justly, ruling in the fear of God, is like a light of the morning, like the sun rising on the cloudless morning, gleaming from the rain on the grassy land. Is not my house like this with God? For he has made me an everlasting covenant ordered in all things and secure, will he not cause to prosper all my help and my desire? But the godless are like thorns that are thrown away, for they cannot be picked up with the hand. To touch them one uses an iron bar or the shaft of a spear, and they are entirely consumed in fire on the spot. And then from the Gospel of John, what may seem like a strange text for this time of year, but actually fits as we think about Jesus as King on Christ the King Sunday. The text is a bit of a longer text where Jesus comes before Pilate, having been handed over to the local rulers from the Jews. And Pilate, tradition tells us, was greatly grieved by this action because he really didn't want to take on Jesus. In fact, tradition says that his wife, who promoted his healthy fear of Jesus, upon Jesus' death and resurrection, became one of the greatest missionaries in all of France, and there is some indication that he might have been with her. And so, rather than just turn Jesus over to the people or immediately have him crucified, Pilate goes through a series of questions and questioning for, 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 with Jesus. And in the 18th chapter of John, the 33rd through the 37th verses, we hear this piece of Pilate and Jesus interacting. 
When Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, So you're a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Here ends our reading. Thanks be to God. I am aware that some of the people in this room may be of an age when you remember the great coronation of the great monarch in our world in 1955. My understanding is that Elizabeth II became queen in a ceremony befitting her She had white ermine robes, had a crown placed on her head that belonged originally to King Edward and had 422 precious jewels in it. She was handed a scepter and sat on the throne of, mm, I don't know, James I or somebody like that. And was surrounded with regalia and glory and honor in becoming queen. It is also my understanding that when the time came, she took off all that accoutrement and went and knelt and received the Lord's Supper to be ready to rule one of the greatest nations in the history of the world. I'm not going to ask a show of hands who remembers that, but I'm certain there are people in this room who do. Yep. The two old codgers in the back row are waving their hands at us. Contrast that, if you will, with Jesus' coronation. Jesus goes and is tried by Pilate, and Pilate says, well, perhaps if we beat the living snot out of him, he'll tell us the truth. He'll relent, and he'll stop causing trouble, and my nation can be at peace again. So Jesus is whipped and beaten to a pulp. They put a purple robe on him purple because it's royal you know crown of thorns 
Give him a reed to hold as his scepter. And take him in front of the people so that he can be mocked, made fun of. Oh, yes, and his meal to make him a king. Gall wine on a stick shoved at him as he dies on a bloody cross. Quite a difference between this queen and this king, our King Jesus. You know, Jesus talks about the kingdom of God more in the Bible than any other subject. The second most prevalent conversation he has is about what? Money. Thank you for somebody listening. Yes. But the first is the kingdom of God. And Jesus says very clearly, my kingdom is not of this world. Well, that's pretty clear. Queen Elizabeth's kingdom is of this world. Look at what she gets. Look at how we honor her. Look at where she lands. Jesus' kingdom, not of this world. He doesn't fit in here. It doesn't seem right. It would be easy to look at that Jesus and say, he's not my king. Who wants a king like that? A king that appears to be so powerless. So useless. And besides, we're all good Americans in a representative democracy. We don't know what kings do anyway. I mean, I I really am impressed with Madison. I don't know where she got all that stuff, but she's pretty much right, and she pretty much knows about as much about kings as any of us. King tells you what to do, and you got to do it. We didn't vote for the king. You remember that old mighty, mighty Monty Python thing? You can't be the king. I didn't vote for you. And if we didn't vote for the king Jesus, do we really follow him? Jesus' kingdom, not of this world, is hard to imagine. Because we are surrounded by kingdoms of this world. And they seem sometimes so overwhelming to us. So powerful, so prevalent, so prominent. That it's hard to imagine this kingdom that Jesus talks about. Look at what Jesus even says about his own kingdom. If my kingdom were of this world, if my kingdom were about power and money and military might, my subjects would be charging on you right now. They would be rioting in the streets to say to you, set our king free. And yet that's not happening because... Jesus' kingdom is not of this world. Jesus' kingdom is something that's hard for us to imagine. Because Jesus 
exercises his power by serving others, by forgiving others, by healing others, by giving to others, by sacrificing himself for others. His power is the power of truth, the power of faith, the power of hope, the power of love, and the power of life itself. In our death-dealing culture, it is hard for us to imagine a kingdom like that. But while the kingdom of God and Christ our King is not of this world, it is really present here. We can be the ones to bring that kingdom into reality. Kingdom is not, you see, just about the king. but about the subjects of the king. In this case, the kingdom of God is not just about Jesus, but about us, his followers. We are not forced or compelled to live in the kingdom of God. We are invited into that healing, wholeness, and presence. That very difference expresses the difference in the kingdoms and the kings. As Jesus' followers, subjects of the king, We live in obedience and faith and love to carry out our sovereign God's kingdom in the world. And oh yes, it's a different kind of place and way to live. It's a different kind of understanding of our world. But it is really here and really present with us. May we be faithful followers of our King even to the end. Amen.